Thank you for tuning in to this Decipher podcast. In this podcast, our Managing Director, Paul Gibbons, looks at what a variation is under different forms of contract and how the different forms react. It's very important to identify exactly what the contract says and how it responds to change, because just identifying a change may not be enough to demonstrate your entitlement. So under FIDIC 2017, I'm predominantly going to just talk about the red and pink books, where the variation is is defined as, and I quote, any change to the works which is adjusted, instructed, or approved as a variation under Clause 13. And under Clause 13, a variation can include changes to the quantities of any item of work, changes in the quality or characteristics of any item of work, changes to levels, positions, or dimensions, the emission of work, unless carried out by others, changes to the quantities of any item of work and any additional work plant materials or services necessary for the permanent works and changes to the sequence or timing of the execution of work. So those are pretty much standard clauses under the under the FIDIC. So a variation under JCT comes under two clauses, which is one 5.1, which a variation means an alteration or modification of the design quality or quantity of the works, including addition, omission, or substitution of any work. It can also lead to the alteration of the kind or standard of any other materials or goods and the removal from site of any work executed or site materials other than work materials or goods which are not in accordance with the contract. And you'll also see under JCT that we have clause 5.2 where it instructs the expenditure of provisional sums in the contract. And as I've referenced there, be very clear as to whether the provisional sum is a defined or undefined provisional sum. It's really quite important to know the differences between a defined and undefined provisional sum. So under the NEC, as I've alluded to, variations are not called variations, they are called compensation events. And predominantly, they are dealt with once an early warning notice, an EWN, which has been issued under Clause 16 of the NEC, is issued. However, An event may not warrant an early warning as it may have already happened and therefore it goes straight to a compensation event, CE, and that's classified under Clause 60. Now, Clause 60.1 of the NEC provides 19 different elements for receiving compensation for both time and money. Okay, so it's really important in so much as the JCT deals with variations direct costs separately from the time-related costs which must be notified separately under JCT. And under NEC, this is a compensation event for both time and money in the one event, in the one notification. So I've just listed there some simple events which the contractor or the subcontractor may well receive compensation event for, and that is sub-bullet point one, where the project manager gives a direct instruction to change the work's information. Now, this is quite key. The works information under NEC 3 is, in essence, the scope of works, the contract documents, everything that you've signed up to. As well, under the NEC, you've got sub-bullet point two, where the employer does not give access to the works. Again, this is a compensation event, and you're entitled to receive payment for time and any direct consequences of that. Interestingly, under sub-bullet point 12, 
the contractor encounters physical conditions. This, in essence, is the ground conditions that I alluded to previously. And again, it's a compensation event under compensation NEC 60.112. The contractor might also be entitled to compensation for weather under clause 13, sub bullet point 13. Interestingly here, it's classed as a one in 10 year weather event. So if the contractor is to receive compensation for a weather event, it has to prove that the event would not have been experienced within a one in 10 year event. And it has to prove that by going back to the Met Office weather records here in the UK and indeed the weather station that is closest to the site. So it can get quite convoluted in terms of demonstrating that, but one is entitled to weather. You may well have a direct breach by the employer, which is clause 60.118. And you have also got 60.119, where an event that stops the contractor for completing the works. Again, this is a compensation. So as I say, there's, there's 19 compensation events under NEC 3. What I haven't mentioned on this webinar so far is that we have here in the UK now NEC 4, which came out uh, last year, and that introduces two additional compensation events. But that is a, a session for another day. But just be mindful that there are two types of NEC contracts, the NEC 3, which has been around for a number of years, and NEC 4, which has not been around that long at all. But I digress a little bit, so apologies for that. Turning now back to uh, Clause 61, which is the notification of the event. So under the NEC, one, the contractor, C here, must notify the event within eight weeks of becoming aware of the event. Now, we need to be careful here because we often find that the contract terms are changed so much via the Z clauses that the eight weeks here is reduced somewhat. And I've seen examples where the eight weeks for notification is reduced down to circa three weeks. So in essence, it's given only three weeks for the contractor to identify and indeed notify that a compensation event has actually happened. If unfortunately the eight weeks has expired, the, under the NEC, one's right to claim would fall away and it could be classed as quite fatal. So I need to be mindful of that. So again, just moving on in terms of NEC, with regards to the submission of quotations, once the, the contractor has issued a notification, the project manager will then write back to the contractor and say, yes, I think this is a compensation event, therefore please proceed to issue a quotation. Or the project manager will say, no, it is not a compensation event. It is already deemed included within your works information stroke scope, or you have already priced for it already and therefore it's within your contract sub. So those are debates that you need to have at site level and it goes back to understanding what sits within your contract at the time that you've signed it. So let's assume that the project manager says, yes, it is a compensation event, please provide a quotation. Well, under the NEC, the contractor has three weeks, clause 62.3, to provide a detailed quotation. And that detailed quotation must provide the time impact and the cost effect of doing the work on, on a forecasted basis. So for example, we might have an event today that I've notified and I then get told today to issue my, my quotation. The actual physical effects of that event might not happen for another six to 10 weeks from now, but I've got to include within my assessment of my quotation, the effects of that now and get that dealt with and agreed with the project manager upfront. The whole premise of the NEC is to try to get upfront agreed early on, a, on an ongoing forecasting basis. What are the effects on the program? What 
are the effects on the variation stroke compensation event and get that agreed now before the work is undertaken. This is totally different to the FIDIC and the JCT where they basically suggest for a wait and see approach in terms of a variation and being paid for that and getting that incorporated within your final account as it were. So Assuming, of course, that the quotation goes in within three weeks. And again, be mindful here, please, that the three weeks can often be reduced. And I've seen it that being reduced down to one week. So if you've got lots of quotations happening on a job and it's not fully resourced with quantity surveyors and, and people that can value uh, variations and session events, you're going to be very busy. And indeed, it requires the quotation to be turned around and provided with detailed evidence. There are some nuances whereby you can suggest that the effect of the event are too unknown and indeed ask the project manager to instruct you how to record those accordingly. So let's assume you've submitted your quotation, it's gone in, the project manager has two weeks to reply to that submission and under clause 62.3 and again the PM be mindful here because I've seen it where the PM, that two weeks by the way is the standard form but I've seen it where the PM has granted themselves more time to review quotations, it gives them a bit more of a buffer but indeed let's assume that it's the two weeks then the PM will respond by saying there's an instruction to, to resubmit a quotation because they, they don't like what you've submitted. The project manager may well accept the quotation on first principles in terms of the time and cost impact. I've only seen that happen on very small NEC quotations whereby the scope of work is not massive. Uh, I've not seen at all in my in my number of years of dealing with the NEC, whereby a project manager has granted on first principles acceptance of a quote submitted dealing with the time and cost effects of a big event. The PM may notify you that a proposed instruction will not be given and therefore the work itself that the compensation event is not an event under the contract as they believe once you've provided your further detailed particulars he once the project managers looked at that they may well think well actually no I actually believe that this work was included within the works information and therefore you don't have an entitlement to claim anything extra with the contractor or subcontractor we also may well have this situation where the project manager notifies the contractor that he or she will make an own assessment of the event based upon the information before them. And again, I've seen that happen numerous times and the project manager may, may well make an assessment and implement those accordingly. It's worth, worthwhile bearing in mind as well that the NEC cons considers employers and contractors risks and the employer's risks are compensable under the contract. But again, that's a separate matter um, for dealing with variations. Thank you very much for tuning in. We hope you can join us again. While we've taken every effort to ensure the accuracy of the podcast at the time of production, no reliance should be placed on it and neither Disciple or the team take any responsibility for any errors or omissions in the cast. Thank you again for joining us and we hope you'll tune in to the next one.